you're looking at the fantasy football throne first round draft selections and we had the 1.6 as you can see we went dalvin cook here are the draft results from the first round like if you got similar players why are you going to take the player who's a little more risky like we could say the same thing about your nick chubb i still respect it but i could say the same thing about nick chubb at five everyone i mean rapper you see the comments i'm not saying you're wrong i'm not saying you won't be revolutionary with this pick but to suggest no, that you, to suggest that your Nick Chubb at number five overall isn't the exact same thing you're describing that I'm doing with with Dalvin Cook at six oh, is beyond not, me. It's beyond, me. It's beyond me. Beyond me. Let's talk about the first round and what I think about every one of these picks. Let's go. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Okay, no surprise at 1.1. You'd have to work pretty hard to screw up one of these picks right here. McCaffrey went 1.1, Barkley went 1.2. Kind of a shocking twist here at 1.3, only by one or two draft slots. And I think, I don't I don't hate the pick. I think Kamara could certainly earn 1.3 value. I think he's a PPR machine. He was hurt last year. He was hampered when he came back. He struggled until the end. He started showing signs of, of his old self. I think Kamara is one of the hardest working running backs in the NFL. I'm not worried about injury with him. I think Kamara will be a top four, top five overall player locked and loaded in 2020. And I think he's going to have another 80 plus receptions, uh, 190 rushing uh, attempts on the ground and double digit, maybe even 12, 13, 14 TDs overall. I love Kamara. I don't hate this pick. I just Zeke's my number three. Zeke's my locked-in, loaded number three. So I think I think Couch did really well here getting Elliott at four, even though it's only really one spot away from his ADP. But I think Elliott, when, when the coronavirus news came out, I was like the only one to say, like, this is good news in the sense that Elliott's going to build up antibodies to, to be resistant to this thing more than the average person. Now there's debate whether you can catch it again. I get it. You don't need to comment. Smitty, you know you can catch it. No one knows. No one knows anything right now. And, and a lot of the reports of people catching it, this thing's been in existence that people have known about since January, February. Like if you caught it and you, you caught it again, you most likely were never over it. There's a lot of people that say it was a false negative in between two positive tests. We don't know. The bottom line is Zeke is in, in the best physical condition a human being can be in. His neck is like this big, like nothing's penetrating this man. That's probably why he's asymptomatic is because of the size of his neck. The coronavirus can't even penetrate his body. Elliot is going to be more resistant, even if you don't want to say he can't catch it again. More resistant to catching the coronavirus. And right now, we might not see it as a big deal. We might not even be thinking about that in the way that we're going to in a week or two or a month from now when players actually catch the coronavirus and they're out for two, three, four weeks. There's talk about maybe missing a month if you do catch it. Catching the coronavirus could be a big crutch in people's fantasy seasons in 2020. It's no joke. And, and, and Elliot could be one of the safest players, especially if you have Pollard, to draft in 2020. I'm not saying I'd take either ahead of Barkley or McCaffrey, but that doesn't mean that, that Elliot and Pollard together, especially with the consideration that he might not catch the coronavirus again, he might be the safest running back in 2020. 1.5 Nick Chubb is definitely a shocker. We kind of knew it was coming because we know the rapper's content and he had talked about this before. So it wasn't like out of the blue for us, but it's still shocking to see. Nick Chubb is a very high 1.5 pick. I think the comments and everything we were reading, people pretty much agree with that in general. 
But hey, let me say this about Chubb. Chubb has top five running back appeal. He really does. But the problem here is that he's already being drafted at his ceiling value. Like he has to deliver in order to earn this value back, in my opinion. And I think he can. If he does, then the rapper will be fine. There isn't a lot of upside here. Whereas with our Dalvin Cook pick at 1.6, I do believe, and, and a lot of people might disagree with this. And I know there's the holdout. There's a lot of different components here. But I do believe that Dalvin Cook could be as good as 1.2, 1.3 on the year points per game. So Cook does have more upside than Chubb at this draft slot. Cook has risk as well, but so does Chubb. In my opinion, I think these are very similar in that they're being taken a little higher than some people feel comfortable taking them, yet they both have a whole lot of talent. And so the rapper and I debated this right here. Let's rap, rapper. What's up, man? (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's so disrespectful, bro. Bro, so- bro. Bro, bro, it goes two ways, though. Like, I, I'm on board with you. Like, I'm going to tell both of you guys to chill, not just you. I'm telling my people, like, don't do that. Don't say that. Like, I, that's me. That's coming for me. But, like, you, it takes two to freaking tango, bro. You may not think coming in and saying that cook pick was horrible isn't going to drive someone into that mode, but it does sometimes. You know what I mean? So you got to, like, you got to understand that that's going to trigger right, a few let me, people. Let me explain why it's a horrible pick. All but right. I'm just saying, no. from that perspective, like, I know you you were taking it out of my followers saying that they were attacking you, and they were, but it was it was slightly egged on, um, you know. It so was a horrible just, pick, like, but let's, let's debate. Like, if you came and did the same thing to me, I'll be like, Smitty, come on, speak your mind. I want to know why it's a horrible pick. Sports is about debating. We're not going to agree on everything. We're not right. going to agree on a lot of things. So, but just be like, dumbass, blah, 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 uh, and talk about person. But here, I'm going to explain to you, forget all that. I'm going to explain okay, to you why it's a horrible pick. I'm going to explain to you why it's a horrible pick, okay? Um, the First of all, at least for me, when you're talking about the first round, this is your running back one, you just finished saying that you didn't like the running backs at the end of round two. So that means if Cook gets injured like he's done every year, now... You are going to take a huge hit, assuming that you don't get Madison. And even if you get Madison, we don't know if he's going to be cooked, but he probably will. But the security of the first pick, the first round pick, is so important. And if you have similar backs, like a Mixon, like, or let's take Mixon out because he's in a holdout situation, but like Jacobs, but like Jacobs. If you could get similar production, because Jacobs was a beast on the field, why not go with the safer player? The other reason is the holdout, okay? So, a lot of people are saying this holdout is not a big deal, but I don't think people, and I haven't heard anybody mention this because I looked into it. The holdout, I'll tell you why it's very possible. The holdout is very possible because, yes, he will not accrue a season, right? But if he holds out, he will only have to play one more season, which is the same thing if he doesn't get a contract anyway. He'll still have to play one more season. But he will be an unrestricted free agent. So he could hold out 
and still get a lot of money next year and then get the big contract either way. So there is still a good possibility you can miss games. So if you're talking about somebody at six, when Michael Thomas, and I'm with you, I don't like really picking receivers early, but Michael Thomas is elite, Devontae Adams is elite. And again, you got a similar guy like Josh Jacobs. I would go with the safer player who's not injury prone. Well, he did get injured. But, but, but bro, bro, Chubb, you took Chubb at five though. Like I understand where you're coming from, but from that perspective, I would not expect that perspective to come from somebody that took Chubb at five. The whole world's why? like, because why? how is that not risky in itself? Like how is he not how risky, is that risky at five? Trump, Trump has a cemented role, has never missed a game in injury, and he's guaranteed 20 touches. Kareem Hunt is going to ball. By the way, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, I love Nick Chubb, I hate Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's going to ball too, but you're talking about an offense that will probably lead the league in rushing. And so I, regardless, Kareem and I like not, him. he's going to get 20 touches. And, and I, like Chubb. I like Chubb too. I like Chubb too, but I don't know about five. There's, I feel like there's safer players there. And, no, and I, I feel, and, and that's arguable. Like, I understand that. But so is but, Cook. Like, just like yours is arguable, to suggest that Cook is a bad pick at six, like, your points that you make, they're arguable. I understand them, and I and I, I weigh them out. But I think you're, you're missing the fact that other people don't share the stance you do on the holdout. So it's an arguable thing. Like, a lot of people think, no, he's not. He's, this is going to be back to normal where running backs call, you know, we call their bluff and they show up. That's your opinion on it. So if you take that part out, and if it's all injury, I get that too. That, Even that's if there's a slight, too. but I'm just saying, like, look, I love Cook. When he plays, he's gonna ball out. Like talent is not a thing. But if you add both the injury factor and the holdout, which is real, by the way, because allegedly they're far apart, and they do have a running back like Madison. Like that's two big red flags to take at six. Right, Trump? The only red flag you have is this illusion that people are saying of Kareem Hunt, but it's not real. It's an okay. illusion. And, and, I, and, I've, and I've supported that saying the reason I worry, and you could, you could say that I don't have evidence for this, whatever. And honestly, you know what? I, I'll take away your ammunition and say that call, call part of it gut instinct, call part of it just me playing fantasy football professionally for 16 years and knowing what type of running back is more susceptible to injury. And it is a Nick Chubb that's so aggressive. He tackles people when he has the football. They don't tackle him. And and he takes that, he took there's on, no science he took, behind that. He took, he took on he, he took on it's a, Okay, never that, those are, that's back in the day, bro, when guys, the, the running back was a different Derek position. Kirby hasn't missed any games. Uh, but I'm just saying that. Name Nick, all the physical Nick, backs, but that's not valid. You're saying uh, that, but there's no validity to your point. There's, there's no validity to saying that Chubb's going to for sure hold out. You don't know. You're speculating. All this is cook, speculation. Cook, cook. No, I didn't say. I uh, didn't cook. say he's going to hold out. I said there's a possibility, and that possibility is big enough to, to, to scare me from taking him six. Like, End of the first round, top of the second. Like that's the way I, the way you feel about Mixon is how I feel about Cook, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, and not to mention that Chubb had one of the most gruesome knee injuries you could have in college, college. football. Like I know, but I'm saying you you give a running back heavy heavy usage at that size with that aggression. I'm telling you, I don't care if you don't think it's science or not. I've been doing this 16 years to recognize I've been those doing patterns. Twenty something years. I know. Well, I've been playing since 1993, but I'm saying professionally from 16 years, and that's my instinct. You can't really take that away. That's I'm telling you based on my assessment, and you could call it not backed up by factual, whatever. That Nick Chubb is more susceptible, and if you look at injury predictive Nick data out there, oh, hold on. You just say Nick Chubb is more susceptible to injury than Dalvin Cook? 
no than than the average running back. I'm not saying Dalvin Cook doesn't have injury risk as well. Rapper, there's pred- injury predictors out there that have Nick Chubb in the top five of most likely to miss games out of all. And you could say that you could say Wait, there he is. Those people don't have a fucking clue. They said Cooper Cup was going to man. It's like on. it's like arguing with the, the it's like arguing with the baby counselor. No, bro. Like, come on, injury? Are you serious? You want miss the game? The injury? Like, and anything I bring at you, you're gonna refute it. Uh, the bottom line is this, rapper. Well, bring something I, valid. Uh, I, I've been trying. I've been trying. Um, I think that the, the bottom line is this, and I explained this on my live that you were, you were on. That you, I, I, I blocked the rapper because I thought he was a fake rapper account because I've got a lot of fake counselor accounts that come on. So I, I had to, so I, my bad on that. Um, I, I explained that Nick Chubb, I think, can earn that five or six running back value. So I don't think you're in a position where like you absolutely fail, but I think he has more risk than other players that would have more ceiling. Like, for example, Dalvin Cook has the potential to be the number two overall. Running back in uh, fantasy Nick football. Chubb. I, Nick I don't see. I don't, and that and that's perception. That's fine, and I'm okay with that stance. I like it. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Be, be bold. I like the differing opinion. I think what where people go wrong is is calling someone else's opinion like completely horrible, wrong. Well, neither of us know, dude. I disagree. It's not, bro, it's not I disagree. I just think. I just think I, it was I, a horrible piss based on the risk factors. Look, I love Cook, and I agree. He could be a top three running back. He could. He was top two. Then he got injured like he always does. But I'm just saying, if you had not one, but two, you have the injury risk and the holdout. That's what made it a horrible pick. I but like he, that. He, but the, like whole, the whole world disagrees with you. So I'm saying, because he had a number three overall ADP before the holdout talk. So the holdout's the only reason. That, that people are dropping him. He was number three past Zeke Elliott on, on all ADP data before this holdout talk. So all I'm it, saying is to, to, the to, whole world sucks at fantasy football. Uh, but I'm just to call it a horrible pick at six when the holdout is the only reason he dropped well, from three. <laughs> well, let me let me say something. First of all, I did that to ruffle feathers, and apparently it worked. Um, and then I mean, <laughs> horrible is probably a strong word. Okay, but I, pretty bad. Only because you got the two things. Just because when you, it's like the Julio debate. It's like the Julio debate. The way me and you both felt about Julio. It's like if you got similar players, why are you going to take the player who's a little more risky? Like if you we could say the same thing about your Nick Chubb. I still respect it, but I could say the same thing about Nick Chubb at five. Everyone, I mean, rapper, you see the comments. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you won't be revolutionary with this pick. But to suggest oh, that you, to suggest that your Nick Chubb at number five overall isn't the exact same thing you're describing that I'm doing with with Dalvin Cook at six oh, is beyond not, me. It's it's beyond me. It's beyond me. It's this illusion of Kareem Hunt, which they're trying out at wide receiver right now. But anyway, yeah. I just I just wanted to defend myself. I still got love for Smitty and most of the little showers or whatever you call your group. But uh, Mikey, no. No, well, no. I didn't. I didn't even see what was happening, so I'm not. I don't condone anything I didn't see. But all I was saying was, it takes two to tango. I, I'm just going to leave it at this. I love Dalvin Cook at 1.6 value. I think it still leaves a whole lot of wiggle room upward. I think, yeah, there is a risk downward. Uh, the new CBA makes it again so that it's really hard for a player to actually 
hold out. And players have shocked us before. It wouldn't shock me if if a player like Cook did decide, you know what, I don't care. I'm still going to hold out. But bottom line is, I feel like the risk is worth it. My community feels like the risk is worth it. When we locked him in on a live, we did a vote. He won by like 10 or 12 votes when we locked that pick in. The polling continued and Dalvin Cook gained about 30 to 40 vote uh, 30 to 40 vote lead by the end of the night. So something tells me there was some sabotage voting going on because in the vote, Cook was trying to separate and you'd see him move up and then he, he'd drop back down. And then once the voting was done and people that were supposedly sabotaging, I think the vote trying to anyway, which is all in good fun to me. I, I It's not going to hurt us. You're not going to hold us back. Uh, I definitely don't encourage that because if you get caught doing that for your community, ramifications could happen for your community. So be careful. Don't do that. It's not worth it. But it's not going to hold us back. It's not going to do anything to us. We're going to overpower that. We did. Cook was drafted. He won by 10 votes on a live. I did it as transparent as one can do it. And then after that, an hour or two later, Cook took a big lead and ended up about 65% of the vote. Mike Thomas falling to 1.7 is a steal. Mike Thomas was probably the better pick on paper than Dalvin Cook at 1.6, but the bottom line for us is we mock draft a bunch of different scenarios, and because this is a running back heavy league, as you can see, um, and we knew that going in, we played with these guys last year, the throne is in year two. We know the tendencies of all these owners. We knew that we'd be looking at a Thomas and a running back we didn't like in the second round versus going Dalvin Cook and potentially getting a locked and loaded running back we love or a Godwin, a Chris Godwin type player. Maybe a Tyreek Hill even falls. We don't know. Bottom line is we had uh, the ability to go in a bunch of different directions if we took Cook, but we don't have the ability to go in a bunch of different directions if we go Mike Thomas at six because now we're forced to grab one of the running backs we may not even like as a best player available opportunity and you could say well why don't you take best player available and take cook though in the first round smitty and that's because and people have short memories cook climbed into the number three spot on adp boards all over the place i like zeke elliott more than cook i'm being honest but the rest of the world had cook number three overall on adp rankings everywhere before the holdout talk uh took place so to argue that Cook and Thomas are far apart at all, I would argue that all things equal, they are pretty darn close, and that allows us to go with the, the position of need. Here we're projecting that that need's going to be running back, so we're going to nip that in the bud here in the first round, and now we're going to take a, a wide receiver or running back or quarterback, whatever we want in round two. Adams, the problem I have with Adams is a great pick, so Fix did not botch this pick by any means, but the problem I have with Adams is the running backs here, Henry, Jacobs, uh, even Eckler, and I know a lot of people think Eckler's early, and I'll talk to that in a minute, but these running backs, I feel by the time this pick, 1.8, is on the clock in the second round, the difference between the running back you can take here is far greater than the difference between Adams and a Godwin, who he could maybe get later on, or a Mike Evans. So for me, same thing. I think he was in the same boat we were in, and he's going to be hard-pressed to get the, the team he likes in the end based on going wide receiver first. This doesn't feel like a lot of other years where you can go wide receiver, wide receiver, and still like your team at the end of it all. I've found that the best way to approach fantasy football in 2020 is to take a running back, running back approach because those wide receivers will fall in the third and fourth round. You can get a lot better talent in the third and fourth round than normal at the wide receiver position. There are no running backs that can rival top 10 running back value in the third and fourth round, whereas there are wide receivers in the third and fourth round that can rival 
top 10 wide receiver numbers for 2020. Absolutely, there are a ton of wide receivers hiding in that third to fourth round range with that kind of upside. You just can't say that about the running back position. That's what makes running back early a little bit more important. And it makes you, when all things are kind of equal, lean toward the running back spot. And that goes against, in some ways, when I say always go best player available, context matters and there are exceptions to to every rule. Derrick Henry went 1.9. I I like the pick in PPR. It's not as bad as as people make it out to be. I mean, Henry still got 320 something touches, right? So even if he gets 22, 25 receptions, maybe he gets 30 this year. You add that to a 300 uh, carry total and he's he's up there with players like uh, above players like Kamara in terms of total touches. The only difference is Kamara gets 81 receptions versus uh, the 22, 25 uh, that, that Henry's going to get. So that PPR difference is significant and it makes Kamara more valuable. But the bottom line is Henry at 1.9, you're diluting that, oh, it's a PPR league type mentality. You're diluting all of that when you're talking 1.9 value. You could argue the PPR argument at 1.5, at 1.6, but when you get to 1.9, 1.10, the advantage of PPR versus non-PPR kind of goes out the window and Henry becomes, it's like an even playing field when you're talking about those running backs right there. I do like Jacobs a little bit better. I will say that. I don't like the Mixon pick here. I'm glad the defending champs took Joe Mixon because he's the one player I avoid at all costs at this type of value. I draw a line in the sand for every player. Eventually, I would take Mixon at some point. I don't know where that point is, to be honest with you, because I haven't seen it yet in 2020 drafts and any mock draft I've done. But I think Mixon at 1.10 is a very risky play. He busted through the first you know, eight weeks of last year. And you might argue that Joe Burrow is an upgrade. And I think overall, in the end, he will be. Dynasty-wise, long-term-wise, Joe Burrow, I think, is going to at least have some ups and downs to start the year. And I think Mixon might be set up for a lot of eight-man fronts in 2020. And he could potentially repeat the same beginning of 2019 in 2020. And because of that, because Jacobs is safer, because Eckler is safer, Henry safer, I'm drafting all of those guys and a number of players over Mixon because they're just safer. It's not that I hate Joe Mixon. It's not that Mixon doesn't have the the possibility and appeal to maybe earn this value. He can. It's about mitigating risk. It's about Jacobs didn't get any PPR work last year at all. And you could argue that as being a negative. I'm here to tell you that that's a positive because the team's been very vocal about they planned that. They didn't want to overwork him. They wanted to ease him into the offense, and he's going to get a boatload of PPR work more in 2020. So in a disappointing year, if let's say Jacobs doesn't get any more PPR work, let's say Gruden's pumping him up like Gruden pumps everybody up, uh, and they're not going to feed him anything in the PPR game, he still probably earns you 11, 12, 13 overall value. That's why Jacobs is probably one of the safest picks here in the entire top 12. His floor value is right around where he's being drafted. That's phenomenal value. That made us contemplate taking him at 1.6. He was actually in our top four for the vote for the 1.6. The only reason he probably didn't win is because people felt uncomfortable going against what a lot of people would say, you know, uh, is his, his fitting ADP where he should be, what should be the case. I mean, he, he was deserving of of consideration there. Now, I will say I don't see him getting higher than top five for running back, so his, his ceiling value isn't too high from that 1.6, which is why we may have strayed away from him in general. But the great part about him is you don't have to worry too much about the lack of upside from that 1.5 or 1.6 value because his floor drops very little 
even when he, he fails. So his range is so tight. There's no one in the top 15 that has a tighter range of floor and ceiling, and that makes him the safest player here. Eckler, what Eckler loses in receptions because there's no rivers laser locking onto Eckler over and over, he will gain and make up for in rushing stats. Austin Eckler's biggest rushing season was like 550-something yards. And, and honestly, when, when you consider he's probably, because he's now the between-the-tackles runner, going to get at least another 250 to 350, maybe even 400 more yards per season on the ground, that accounts for any dip in PPR work he might lose. Losing his laser-locking Phillip Rivers, who's as crucial to Eckler as Ben Roethlisberger is to, to Antonio Brown and, and Juju. Uh, so I, I get it, but Tyrod Taylor is good for Eckler. He dumps off to his running back pretty well. I think that, again, there will be a dip, but not a significant enough one that to worry about because of the increased rushing. So I love the Eckler pick. I think if if he is healthy all year, which could be your argument, and I, and I get that because he's never been a between-the-tackles guy, you know, for a whole year, he's 500 and something yards rushing max, right? Um, I understand that, and I can accept that argument, but I disagree with the the risk part there. I think he's going to hold up fine, and I at least take the bet on that. And Eckler to me is one of the safest top 12 to 14, top 12 to 15 players overall, because I think even disappointing, he probably earns that value. And again, his ceiling like Jacobs is in that top five overall range. So I really like the Eckler pick here. Now we're just getting into the second round. If you want to be a part of the fantasy football throne, especially vote for team Smitty and draft my team for me, you guys come together. We do a poll and I draft who you tell me. And then I take that team into battle. Please get on over to my Instagram account, uh, the fantasy football show and also fantasy football throne on IG, which you see at the bottom here, Fantasy Football Throne. But also follow me at at the top here, The Fantasy Football Show, and you're going to get a lot of interaction and, and engagement with all the analysts involved every time we're on the clock. We go live all the time. Um, and, and of course, I go live on YouTube here, so you'll get a, a big dose of it here as well. But get on over there, and then also get on over to my Discord, which is right here. Let me pull that up for you. The Discord, if you're part of my Discord chat, I believe I'm going to go live and share a screen with my Discord community, and I'm going to allow the Discord community to draft our second round pick. So you need to go to sleeperu.com slash Discord. Join my Discord. It's free. It's a chat app. It's amazing. There's uh, over 300 um, plus diehard fantasy football people in there just talking fantasy football all day long. It's going to be a great place during the year to get start bench advice. Get on over there. Over there. And sign up. It's free. Just go to that link. And then you can be involved in the round two vote. But that's where it's going to happen. But I will live stream that from my YouTube channel right here on YouTube.com slash The Fantasy Football Show. Also known as Smitty1.com if you want a quicker way to find me. So let's get to it. I'm excited about our second pick. Again, DeAndre Hopkins just went at 2.01. But we're this is a long six to eight hour timer. The draft's going to take three to four weeks to get through. So if you've missed out on week in, in in day one, day two, you're not that far away from getting into the mix. Uh, it's just a click away, and you can be involved from round two on. So it's not too late. Uh, this thing will be a long, long draft, and it's one of the most exciting, fun drafts to be a part of. And I thank all the all the other experts and communities for being in the league. 
Go follow me, subscribe, follow, get some, and uh, get on over to sleeperu.com for your bold predictions, rankings, and all that. Later, top five running backs. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. 